All right, if you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to the Old Testament, to the book of Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, and I'd like to look at verses 18 and 19. They'll be up on the screen, Uh, but if you have your Bibles, follow along, pull your cell phone out, move the game over, and put the Scripture up, and, um, and you'll have it before you there. Uh, But Isaiah 43, 18, and 19. Do not remember the past events. Pay no attention to things of old. Look, I'm about to do something new. Even now it is coming. Do you not see it? Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness, the rivers, in the desert. Now, in those two little simple verses, we find where Isaiah is speaking to the children of Israel who are in captivity. This time in captivity has been very difficult for them. But here we find in the scriptures that Isaiah reminds them that God was ready and was preparing and was doing something new for them. And as you look at that passage of Scripture in the last part of verse 19, he says, Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness. We all know what the wilderness looks like in our minds. We have pictures of what the wilderness, and and even in our lives sometimes, when we're going through difficult situations, when we're going through times where we feel like there's no help on the horizon, when we feel like there's times that it just seems to be barren and dry, and, and, and there's just nothing And then he goes on and says, rivers in the desert. You know, that is not something you see a lot of, of of a river or a source, a water source in the desert. God is saying to the children of Israel, he said, you're in captivity, yes, but I have prepared a new hope, a new life, a new way for you. And so as we look at this this morning, I, I want us to consider something this morning. Would we be willing to let God do a new thing in our life? I don't really like the word thing, but, but would we be willing to let God do a new thing in our life? Now, here was the children of Israel. They were in captivity. They had gone through what? They had gone through where God had delivered them from Egypt. God had promised them so many different things. And God provided all those things. But now they were sitting in captivity. Sometimes we look at the past and we can't get past the past. In other words, we look at the past and they, I thought, well, you know, God did this for us, but we messed that up. God did this for us. We messed that up. And, and, and they couldn't get past that. Or... Maybe in our own lives, we've done certain things and we have lived our lives and and we say, well, you know, God doesn't, you know, God God can't do a new thing in my life. You know, I've done this and he's done that. But, you know, sometimes we need to be reminded that God can always do a new thing. I also want you to see that even though the children of Israel were in captivity, even today, I know that we wouldn't say we're in captivity, but have you ever felt like you were trapped in your life? Have you ever felt like you were trapped and couldn't get out? That feels like captivity, son. I want you to know that just as God was promising the children of Israel on that day, he said, look, 
I'm about to do something new. Now, can God do something new? Amen. Amen. Yes, he can. Now, the question is, will we accept if God does something new? I know some of you are sitting there and you're thinking, Preacher, I'm that old dog. And Preacher, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And God is saying, I've got something new. Oh, God, give that to the young people. I don't need that. God, let the young people have that new stuff. I don't understand it anyhow. But God, I believe, across this world, across our nation, is saying, I have something new for you. Now, I know for some of us that becomes scary. That becomes, well, God, you know, I'm, I'm this old. I'm, I, I've done this all my life. I, I've done this and I've done that. God has something new for me? You see, the children of Israel had to learn some things. And one of the things they had to learn was that they had to change their focus because many of them were focused on the past. You know, what is the famous phrase of a Baptist church? Well, we've never done that before. We've never done it that way before. That's the phrase that's written in stone somewhere in this building. I don't know where, but I've been told that. We've never done that before or done it that way. The children of Israel, at the same token, had to change their focus. They were focused on the past and not willing to look to the future. And God reminds us that sometimes we've got to stop looking behind and start looking ahead. We need to be reminded that our time on earth is not the end, it's just the beginning. And, and we need to start looking ahead. What happens when we start looking back all the time? If you're plowing a field and you're plowing and you keep looking back, your lines are going to be all over the place. We need to see that as children of God today, yes, we can learn from the past. I believe in that. But we also need to see the importance of looking forward. We need to look ahead because I believe God has a plan. One of his plans was sending his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth. He has other plans for us. And so this morning, we need to change our focus. We need to quit looking behind, and we need to forget the former things and don't dwell on the past. Now, as we think about that this morning, the children of Israel, one of the things that they were doing is that they were depending upon God's past victories, and they were forgetting what God could do. You see, we can't depend on past victories. They had a lot of them. They had left Egypt, and that was a miracle in itself for them to, to take the, have the faith. And even though they had cried out for years for God to send them someone that would lead them out, and, and then for them to have the faith in this person and to accept this person and to go out and they were led out of Egypt. They also were able to conquer the land that God had set forth before them. And, and then God showed them how to fight and, 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 and be pros, prosperous and, and conquerors. And, and even when the Israel split in the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, through all of that, God provided. Now, it's good to remember that. But if all we do is remember and look at the past, we'll never move forward. 
And so we need to be reminded, and I believe this, that God is doing, well, let me ask you this question. Is God doing something in your life right now? Is God doing something in your life right now? Maybe the second question would be, what is it that you want him to do in your life right now? What is it you want God to do? Men, what would you say that this afternoon your wife comes to you and says, Honey, I think it's time for us to remodel our home. What thoughts would go across your mind, men? That'd be what? It ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. Say, well, honey, we remodeled 27 years ago. When men hear the word remodel or redo, there is something that comes across their bodies that puts them in fear. I mean, it's just like, oh, no. I'm exaggerating that, of course. Maybe not. I don't know. But, you know, it's the same way, you know, we, with, you know, Baptists, we have another little word we don't like. Change. That's right, man. Don't, don't change. We've always done it this way. This is the way to do it. Don't change. But, you know, now we're looking and we're thinking about, God, you want to do a new thing in my life? God, I've always done it this way. God, this is the way I was brought up. God, this is, what I, this is what I know. You want to change? Do something new? When David Platt became the president of our International Mission Board, one of the things he tried to instill in churches is that we as churches need to encourage members to go out on the mission field. You know, the normal way that we do it is that we get missionaries and, and we send them out. But he was challenging churches to encourage members to go on the mission field. And, 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 and it was like someone had been waiting for them to give them permission. And there have been many, many, many individuals who have gone on the mission field now. Because it was like someone told them they could do that. God wants to do something new in your life. But the question is, many times we're just like the children of Israel. Let me just put it in plain international language. We're stuck in a rut. And we are always done it one way. And say, God, you know, I'm that old dog. You can't teach me. Isn't it amazing what God can do? Remember when God would put spittle on people's eyes and then they, they saw. Or he told them to go and wash in a dirty river and they got healed. Isn't it amazing what God can do? I want us to see today that we cannot just look at the past, that we need to see what God is doing and can do. You know, when God gave the children of Israel the temple of God, or the temple, they gave it back to him full of idol worship. When God gave them the truth, they lived and proclaimed a lie. When God gave them the Ten Commandments, they were down celebrating, having a party, and birthing a golden calf. And God gave them wealth, they abused it, and continued to abuse the poor. God gave them themselves, and they just rejected that and moved on to something else. 
here, where were the children of Israel? In captivity. Where are you? Where am I? Are we in captivity? Are we in bondage? Are we stuck in a rut? Are we thinking, my life's over? I just got to put it in idle and coast in? What, what, what if God is saying to us this morning, church, members of First Baptist Church, I'm putting a rope down to give you hope that I want to do something new in your life. Would we be willing to do it? Are we willing to say, Lord, yes, if there's something new, let's do it. I want to do that. In Isaiah 55, 7, it says, Let the wicked forsake his ways and the evil man his thoughts. Maybe that's the first place we need to start and just say, Lord, I need to, to forsake those evil thoughts and start beginning to look at something new. You see, the children of Israel had experienced some of the great, great spiritual blessings throughout history. They experienced the first Passover. They had experienced the crossing of the Red Sea. They had conquered the land of Canaan. They had built great temples. They had seen the hand of God and work through their lives. But where were they right then? Bondage. Conquered. God says, I want to do something new. Are you willing? Do you want to get out of bondage? This morning, we could ask ourselves the same question. Where are we? We could say, well, God, you did this, and God, you did that. And yes, he did, but where are you right now? I'm reminded of Psalms 85, 6 through 8, where it says, Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us mercy, Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will hear what God, the Lord, will speak. You know, God might be saying to us today, today he said, I've got something new. I'm ready to revive. I'm ready to restore. I'm ready to bring you to a level you've never been. But are we willing? One of the first things we've got to do is clarify our focus. We've got to discover what God wants for us. I know how we are with something new. But you know, just as I said a moment ago, with the rain that we've had this past week, we have seen this area green up. It's just a whole different perspective. Things were getting kind of barren around here. Things were dry. Things were so dry that it just, the grass wasn't growing. Things were barren in places that usually um, it's, uh, comes forth. Usually during spring, which we, I think we've already passed spring and into summer. But, uh, uh, you know, spring, it's exciting to see the new growth. But, you know, this morning, how do we look at things? Do you see possibilities or do you see problems? You know, sometimes as we look at things, we just say, oh, well, there's that problem and that problem. We have a lot of problems. But also, what about the possibilities? What about the possibilities of what God could do? Are we willing to discover what God wants for us? Say, Lord, I thought it already had been decided. God, isn't there something new? Here God was saying to the children of Israel to give them hope. He said, I'm making a way in the desert and the streams and the wasteland, basically. He was saying, I, I'm making a way. Even though you're in the worst possible position, I'm going to make a way. I want you to know, no matter where we are this morning, God is able, amen, and he's able to make a way, and he's able to make a way in your life. We need to focus upon what God wants to do. God is ready. God wants to do something in our life. God just doesn't want to sit around. God wants to do something. 
And this morning, I hope and pray that we would see that God wants to do something new. In Romans 8, 1 and 2, we find it says, Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ, the law of the Spirit of life sets me free from the law of sin and death. I want us to see that through Jesus Christ, we can be set free. And through Jesus Christ, he has something new for us. And we should be looking for that. In Colossians chapter 1, and verse 21 and 22, it says, And you, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked words, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death, to present you holy and blameless above reproach in his sight. Isn't it amazing what God can do? You know, sometimes on Facebook, there's pictures, well, there's pictures of everything, but one of the things I see sometimes, people put pictures of what their vehicle looked like before, and then after they spent several hours or hired someone to do it, how good their vehicle isn't it amazing how we all kind of like when that vehicle's all shiny? And, you know, sometimes you don't like paying the price, but we like it to look good, don't we? You know what? That's what God wants to do. And he's paid the price already. He wants to take us and, and to make us into something that we've never been before. But isn't it amazing that we would rather stay stuck in a rut then to say, God, I, I want to do something new. I, God, I want you to do a new work in my life. You see, he wants to bring freedom. And he wants to bring it in our life. That's what 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 and 18, it says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Did you know that? Do we experience that? And we who will unveil faces, all reflect the Lord's glory, and being transformed into the likeness with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Guys, I want us to see what God wants to do, and we need to be excited, and we need to be willing, and we need to be committed. Say, God, your plan is the plan. God, your plan. But what happens if we refuse God's plan? What happens if we refuse to follow what God wants to do in our life? Well, we'll be like a bunch of pigs. Not calling you a pig, but like a bunch of pigs. We'd just be happy in the slop. But God is saying, hey, God, I want to lift you up. I know Daryl's trying to write that in his margin right now of his Bible. Preacher called us pigs. <laughs> you get that in there, Daryl? Okay, okay. God has set in motion some new direction. He set in motion a new direction for the children of Israel, even if they're, even though they were in captivity. God has set a new direction for us, guys. He has a plan for us. And, and, and you know what? You can have more than one plan. Maybe, maybe God has led you and done many victories and done things, but you know, God has said, okay, I'm ready to do something new, brand new. It's exciting when sometimes, and I know Preston has led many trips for the Florida Baptist Children's Home, and Tara's been on trips, but it's always exciting when we see new people go on mission trips or someone new teaching vacation Bible school. Yeah, they're scared to death, but they just have a giddiness about it. They, they're scared, but they're excited, and when the week is over, they said, 
I am so tired, but I wouldn't trade this for anything. They learn new experiences. They learn to trust in God. They learn so many different things. It, it, it's amazing. I know sometimes when Preston led trips for the Florida Baptist Children's Home, and, and, and they would be an 80-year-old lady on the trip, and, and, and you know, it would be her first time on the trip, and, and he'd go, oh. But many times they would be the ones you'd have to slow down. Because they were excited. They were excited and they wanted to do this and to do that. You know, we need to commit to God's plan. God has set, God is not just sitting up there, well, I wish I had something to do today. God has set into motion a new direction, a new purpose for our lives. And are we willing to say, God, I want something new. Challenge me, Lord. In Psalms 95, it says, for he is our God. We are his people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. I want us to see the importance of, of saying, Lord, we, we are your sheep. Lord, lead us and move us. Because I believe if we do not hear and do what God wants us to do, one of the things that could happen is that God could harden our hearts because we are rebelling against him. This morning I just thought of this message and said, you know, we all, including myself, need to let God do a new thing in our life. I shared in the first service, uh, for the last several years, I attended the pastor's conference at First Baptist Church Jacksonville. Max Brunson had been the pastor there now for 12 years. And, uh, but I noticed last year when I went to the, the meeting that Max was putting things in place. Uh, uh, he brought in a new co-pastor. Um, and, and he made several comments at the conference that he would not be there next year, even though doors were kind of still open. Well, two Sundays ago, he resigned and, uh, from this 10,000-member church uh, that had two satellite campuses. They were starting to build on one of the satellite campuses. And, uh, but it, he kept saying during the conference, and he said, I just feel that God has something else for me. That God is going to use us. He said, my wife and I, uh, he said, I wouldn't even, he said, right now I'm, I've gone back and I'm working on my second doctorate degree. He said, I am convinced God's going to do something with us, but it might not be at First Baptist. And so two weeks ago, he resigned. Well, of course, they were in shock. They, they loved the man. They, they just, you know, they, they appreciated him. And it was hard. And, and they've got a good man now that was co-pastor. And he has just uh, stepped in and, and uh, is working at that. And, and uh, today, uh, Max Brunson, there's a church, a little church in Alabama that is considering calling him. Now, this church is nothing, nothing the size of First Baptist. But that doesn't matter, does it? Sometimes God says, hey, I've got something new for you. This is going to blow your mind. Are you willing to do it? And you know, I want you to be thinking about it. What does God want you to do? Say, God, I, I'm not good about blowing mine. God, God, it's like when my wife tells me we're going to remodel. I, I get nervous, God. You know what? God understands that. But if we put our hand and our heart in his He's going to take care of us. Has God ever just said, well, I don't have time for you anymore? No. God will take care of you. And let's experience what the new might be. Let's pray. Let's gracious heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the message. Lord, may we see that you do have a new thing. And Lord, that we would be willing 
to look at it and to do what you've called us to do. Lord, we thank you for loving us, be patient with us, be an understanding. But Lord, you have set a plan in motion, and may we be part of that plan. Lord, I ask this in your son's name.